want to make a podcast, Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily, distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel so supported in the creation and distribution of my show. Spotify for Podcasters hosts masterclasses, office hours, and more to help creators develop and fine-tune their skills. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to 8020. My name is Lily. I'm your host, and I am so, so, so excited for today's episode. I have Lanny Bloomberg on the podcast, or Lanny B. Fit, as most of you might know her on social media. Lanny's social media pages have honestly brought me so much inspiration and just joy when it comes to health and wellness. So I hope that this episode does the same for you guys. We talk about growth on social media, what it's like in the health and wellness social media realm, morning routines, journaling, working at Lululemon, college life, and so much more. If you want to follow Lani, her socials will be linked in the description as well as mine too, but this podcast is all about my girl Lani, so let's go ahead and get into it. Hi guys, I'm Alana, or you can call me Lanny, and I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Lanny, for being here. You are definitely one of my biggest inspirations, I would say, in like the health and wellness, like social media field. We actually talked about this a little bit on your podcast, so I don't want to like totally repeat everything, but for some, so but a lot of the stuff is going to cross over for you guys. I will have Lanny's podcast though linked in the description if you want to listen to our episode. Um, on her end, she interviewed me. We had some really, really good conversation over there. Definitely excited to carry it over to my podcast as well. Um, but Lanny, go ahead and give us your elevator pitch. Like, who are you? What do you do? What's like your thing? What do you love? All that. I'm Lanny. I'm 21 years old from Toronto, Canada. I grew up here and I go to school here in the heart of the downtown core at Ryerson University. I am a marketing major and I'm monitoring in retail management. I work part-time at Lululemon as an educator. So that's like a sales associate in store. And on the side, I guess you could say, I run my Instagram page, which is a health, wellness, and lifestyle brand, as well as an Instagram. I meant as well as a YouTube, a TikTok. And now I have a podcast, which is Morning Ray. I started it very like on a whim like me and my friend Leah were just like let's just do it and a week later we made it so that is me and I grew up dancing competitively so that's how I kind of got started in the fitness and wellness space. So you currently have I think 48,000 on TikTok is that correct? 
I think I just hit 49. 49,000. So. <laughs> okay. I literally wrote these things yesterday. So she gained a whole nother thousand since yesterday. Um, I think you have like 23,000 on Instagram. Last time we yes. checked. Once again, numbers could have changed guys. She's blowing up. You got to follow her now before she gets too famous. Um, so how did all of this happen? Like, did you just start posting for fun? Was it always your intention to, um, you know, have this big of a following? Did you dream of having this big of a following? When I was younger, I was obsessed with YouTube. We kind of spoke about this a bit on my pod, but mm-hmm. I used to watch like Bethany Moda, um, all those girls, and I they kind of raised me in a way. And For sure. I really wanted to make a YouTube channel when I was 12, but my parents never really let me. Um, they were really nervous, like with the security and everything. YouTube was still like a very like fresh platform. Um, so they never really let me. So it's kind of just a watcher for a really long time. And then when I started university, I decided to start an Instagram page. It felt like a lot more um, grasp, like I could grasp it more. It was like a lot easier. Um, I literally just could post from my phone. I didn't have to edit anything really. Um, but I kind of started an Instagram. I started Lanny Be Fit in my first year of university. So January 28th. Yeah, I think 2018. And I started it because a lot of my friends were starting health and fitness, like healthy food pages. And I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon. And because I had always wanted to kind of be like a blogger or like influencer (laughs) per se, I kind of took it like full force. Anything I take on in life, like I do it a hundred percent. Like I'm not going to half ass. Can I pass on? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 18 plus guy. I'm like, <laughs> PG 13. I guess gonna, that's what we can say. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna like have asked like anything, like um, like I'm gonna do it a hundred and ten percent, like put my whole heart into it. And I kind of just stuck with that. And then I kind of just used my Instagram as a way to track my fitness journey and getting into working out outside of dance and starting to eat healthier. And it kind of just like took off on its own. I, of course, always dreamed of having a big following. I am a Leo, which means I love the spotlight. Um, But I never actually thought I would have 20,000 followers on Instagram or I would have almost 50,000 on TikTok. Like I never pictured myself like actually having it. Like I never knew what it would feel like or what it would be like to be able to reach that amount of people and be able to impact that many people so I definitely started it for fun I'm going on a bit of a tangent here but no I did not expect it to get to where it is today so what's your favorite part then about having the audience that you have because you mentioned that you know you never thought that you'd get this like what's I guess just like what's your favorite part what's your favorite part of all this I have two things. So I've been in an art school. Well, now I'm not anymore, but I was in an arts program from grade six to grade 12. So I've always had a very creative mindset, but I've also have like a very like logical business mindset. So I love how having this in like this platform gives me the outlet to be creative and have fun editing and taking photos and just being like very creative and independent and being able to express myself. I love that side of it, but I also love being able to impact so many people's lives and the messages I receive from, I like to call them my community, all the heartfelt messages of how I've impacted their lives, how 
especially during like these times, like when people started using my journal prompts and they've said like, it's really helped their mental health and it's really helped they, or they've started waking up early because they see me wake up early or they've tried out my morning routine and they loved it and it's changed their life. Like that is so fulfilling to me. And it's like a feeling of gratitude that I never would have thought I've would have because like you have like your friends and your family like thank you for things but it's like a completely different feeling and I guess sensation um having a complete stranger like across the world reaching out to you and appreciating the things that you're doing it really makes the world just feel smaller you know like you just have these you know yeah like you said complete strangers that you get to hang out with every day it's crazy so that being said, do you see yourself doing this for a long time? Do you have any like, you know, short-term, long-term goals in the terms of like your social media platforms? I definitely do see myself doing this long-term. Um, I actually have a goal to be able to work for myself. I've always felt very entrepreneurial and have wanted to work for myself. And I've always been very self-driven, self-disciplined, self-motivated, So I definitely see this going the long haul, whether it be a side hustle or being my full time career. I really do see myself doing this for as long as possible, or at least like using this platform to expand into my own business and start that whatever that venture may be. But I would definitely love to one day be able to reach thousands or millions of people And to, I guess, be financially stable by working through myself and being able to impact lives in a positive way. I think that's amazing. Do you have a favorite platform or like a favorite type of content that you like to post? I feel like Instagram is definitely my baby. Like that's where I started. But I have to say, like, I know a year ago, like I was very anti-TikTok, but I love it. And I love how chill it is. I love all the different types of content on there, um, how you can just do it all in the app and how the community on there is so much more accepting and positive and uplifting. Like I'll post the same TikTok on my Instagram reels. And sometimes on Instagram, I feel like I get a lot of negative criticism and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm all for being criticized or like learning. When it's constructive. Um, when it's yeah when it's constructive if it's mean like go away yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but like I feel like TikTok is just like a different place people are able to kind of understand and connect and accept you from all different walks of life and I think that's such like a unique place in social media because I find that like social media can be very um, highlight reels and you have to be perfect and you have to have like everything perfect and TikTok just isn't about that at least like the part of TikTok I'm in so I definitely have a lot of fun on there I think that's really interesting that you said that because I totally agree that Instagram can be it's a great platform but it can be so highlight reel-esque and we talked about this a little bit on your podcast, but it's kind of like people always try to post to like show off. They only show the best parts. And I would agree. Like, I mean, I'm not on TikTok anymore and I watch your TikToks on Instagram, but, um, but yeah, I think that TikTok is just a very unique platform in itself. And that's why it's, you know, blown up. And it, I think it's easier to like blow up on TikTok versus like Instagram. Although Reels is like another, a whole nother 
can of worms. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you would tell someone who's trying to grow their social media audience? I think you have to find what your why is and your why can't be to be famous. It needs to be something more deeper and meaningful than that. And that is what's going to motivate you to keep going and keep creating content and connecting with your audience, whether it be five followers or five million. You just have to understand like why you're doing it and what type of content you want to put out. And you may not know that right away. I still sometimes get lost or get in ruts about like what type of content I want to put out, what I want my brand to be about. But it's just about that consistency and being like authentic and just being yourself because being uniquely you is your unique selling point. And that is your competitive competitive advantage, as we would say in marketing. That's what's going to make you stand out among the rest. And if you try to just copy other people, like they already exist. So be you, be unique, be consistent and find your why because that's what's going to make it fun and I guess easier if if that's like you want to put a word to it for sure so your why is definitely in the health and wellness space how did you end up promoting such a positive view of health and wellness I think this kind of stemmed from my own health and wellness journey I grew up, I didn't really eat the healthiest. I would have, and there's nothing wrong with what I ate. Um, I would have like Jane's chicken fingers and um, craft dinner, like mac and cheese and Eggo waffles and ice cream and goldfish and tortellini and pizza. And that was essentially my diet. And then I went away to university and I continued eating that way. But the difference was, was that I was no longer dancing 13 plus hours a week. I was also now binge drinking and partying and having McDonald's and having a tub of Ben and Jerry's pretty much every night. It was like not okay. And I started to put on the classic freshman 15. In fact, for me, it was freshman 20. And I was feeling really sluggish. And so I wanted to change that. And so I started to educate myself on health and nutrition and trying out different fitness programs. And I kind of started to share that on my Instagram. So the first fitness program I did was BBG by Kaylitz Venus. And that's kind of where my brand stemmed from. Um, But I definitely did fall into diet culture as much as I tried not to. I did fall trapped to it. And coming out of it is where I started to discover my voice for body positivity and intuitive eating and a healthy and positive outlook on health and nutrition and wellness. And that it's not a one size fits all and it's not a quick fix. Going through that journey myself and being vulnerable and sharing that is kind of where that starts to stem from and reading books on intuitive eating and wanting to share that with others. I think that's where I started to find my voice and realize what perspective I wanted to take in the health and wellness industry. And that's where I became very passionate about it. So to someone who is um, in the deep, dark hole of diet culture right now, and, you know, basically like trying all these crash diets, like what would you say to them? Just, you know, you can kind of see in hindsight, what would you turn around and say to them? I would say that there's, those diets are stupid. You're just going to be in this constant cycle of yo-yo dieting. You're going to be super restrictive and eating quote unquote perfect. 
And then you're going to just fall out of it again because it's consuming your mind too much and it's causing too much stress on your body and your mind. And do you really want to live your life like that? Like, do you want to be constantly so consumed by how much you weigh and what you're putting in your mouth and whether food is good or bad or whether food is considered clean like the only food that should be considered clean is like freshly washed vegetables like or that there's no dirt on your chocolate cookie like there's no such thing as dirty food and like I know that it like may seem like all these diet fads are like where it's at but it's not and there's so much more to life than worrying about having the perfect diet and looking the perfect way like no one's gonna remember you because Alana was so hot she had the perfect body like no they're gonna remember you like I know like that was really conceited but no but I no I totally (laughs) I totally agree with you and that's why I laugh because I mean that's not like when I meet someone I don't worry about if you know, they ate clean yesterday, but that's, that's, you know, when you get in your own head, that's what matters quote. And like, when you think of your friend, like you think, oh, like she's so nice. I love how smart she is and how driven she is and how funny she is. Like, you're not thinking about, oh, I like her because her hair is like perfectly styled and her bikini looks really nice on her. And she gets like a thousand likes on Instagram. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's what I would probably say. I love that. Thank you. That's such a big message that everybody needs to hear. So you touched on a little bit about intuitive eating to someone who's never heard of that term before. Once again, maybe they're in the deep, dark hole of diet culture need to kind of break free from that. Explain a little bit of how you perceive, you know, your eating habits now. Intuitive eating is essentially like think back to when you were four or five years old or younger and you were hungry and you felt like a cookie. So you just had the cookie or you felt like pasta. So you just had the pasta. You asked your mom and dad, whoever your parents to make you pasta for dinner or lunch. And you kind of just ate when you were hungry, you ate what you were craving and you moved on with your day. That is essentially like the basis of intuitive eating. It is not having any food rules or guidelines that restrict you in any sort of way. There's no food eating times. There's no food eating periods. There's no good or bad foods. It's just truly listening to what your body wants and needs in that exact moment on that exact day. So no day is going to look exactly the same. Some days you may need more food. Some days you may need less food. Some days you may be thirstier. Some days you may not be as thirsty, but it's just finding that like inner message of like what you want and what you don't and not letting the rules and words of diet culture and society guide you. This word of intuitive eating kind of, I believe it was started by a dietitian. Um, There is a book called the intuitive eating book, which kind of goes more deeply into it, but it's a method of eating to help those who have struggled from dieting and diet culture and yo-yo dieting um, to really repair the relationship with food and to repair any like food triggers or fear foods and to get back to that place where they were when they were four or five or like whenever before you discover dieting. And this doesn't mean that nutrition is fully thrown out the door. Like one of the rules, I guess you could say of intuitive eating is gentle nutrition. So at first, when you start intuitive eating, especially if you've been in a cycle of restrict um, and dieting, 
you may find like you're binging or overeating on cookies and sweets and fast food and all these foods that you may have seen as like unhealthy or not good for you. But eventually your body will start to crave a fruit, a vegetable, a home cooked meal, um, a salad. And you'll find your way back to like that happy medium, as I like to say, like that happy place where you're able to have on occasion, like those fast foods or the things that you deemed as not being the healthiest, but then you also have a good balance of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and healthy fats and proteins in your diet. I love how you touched on how, you know, we kind of bounce, you know, bounce back. Cause I find that so true. If I'm on a trip or something, not eating a home cooked meal, not eating as many veggies, I start to be like, wow, I just need a vegetable. Like I just need some broccoli. It's like, you know, broccoli gets a bad rep when you're little, but you know, you just need, you just start to crave a vegetable. I love that you said that. Cause I think deep down, all of us want to eat the foods that our body needs. An intuitive approach is the best way to do that. So mm-hmm. kind of taking a turn a little bit, let's talk about mornings. So you're the queen of mornings, <laughs> at least on my <laughs> Instagram feed. And I'm slowly starting to wake up earlier with the help of, you know, your cute little Instagram reels. So take us through what a morning for you looks like. What time do you wake up? Kind of take us through your routine. I wake up at 6.30 most mornings. And how I did this, I literally just decided one day I wanted to wake up at 6.30 and I went to bed earlier that night. Um, So my alarm goes off around 6.30. I get out of bed because my phone's across the room, so I'm not on it before bed. And then I turn off my alarm. I open my blinds. It's typically still dark out because it is winter right now. So I'll put on my lamp and then I'll make my bed. I always make my bed right away. I'll go brush my teeth, wash my face, um, then change into my workout clothes. And then I'll go downstairs. Some days I'll make like a lemon water chlorophyll situation. And then I'll go work out in my basement. I'll typically do either like an incline walk. I like to do 12, 330, which is 12% incline, three miles per hour for 30 minutes. Or I'll do like a weight training session. So right now I'm using the sweat app and I'm doing power at home. Um, PWR um, by Kelsey Wells. And I really like that program. And so I lift around three to four days a week, but I was also in a really big Pilates kick before. So I was doing the Pilates class and then I'll typically have a smoothie or a morning blend, which is just like not really much protein in it. Um, It's not a complete meal. So I would have a second breakfast afterwards and then I'll shower and make my coffee. And that's my morning. I love it. Um, so one of the most common questions that my subscribers ask me is how do you make your coffee? And sometimes my answer isn't good enough for them. So I wanted to ask you how you make your coffee in case I wanted any, you know, new inspiration. I'll give you what I make at home and then I'll tell Perfect. Um, the listeners my Starbucks order. Cause I that was going like to be my follow up. You're one step ahead <laughs> of me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So at home, Some days I include the coconut oil. Some days I don't. It really depends what I feel like. But I right now I'm really into hot coffee. So I'll froth some cashew milk. I like unsweetened or unsweetened vanilla cashew milk. And I'll put that in with a little bit of coconut oil. And this just makes the milk really frothy and creamy. It's kind of like think about like a full fat like milk cappuccino. Like that milk is like tick. Like she's frothy and creamy. (laughs) 
frosty. It kind of helps with that. That's because, a like, good tip. I never thought about that. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. Put that in my back pocket um, for later. <laughs> so I literally like I put like a teaspoon, like not even like think of like the quarter of a teaspoon measuring spoon. Like that's probably how much I put. You can fully put more, but I just find like that's like the perfect amount. And then I have an espresso. So I'll probably do like a double shot of like espresso from there and then I'll pour it over top. Um, but the coconut oil, not only does it make it super creamy, but especially if you're waking up at 6.30 AM and you're, if you have coffee earlier, like you're going to get that crash or you may feel like your coffee doesn't like last you as long as you'd like in terms of energy. So by putting the coconut oil in there, which is a healthy fat, um, it helps like slow down the release of caffeine. So you won't get that crash when you're done your coffee or when like the caffeine like runs out. So. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to yeah. try that tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll yes. text you. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> so what's your, really what's good. your start? And what's your Starbucks order? I'll give my hot order and my cold order in case okay. we have some like iced coffee girls. Cause I'm definitely Perfect. an iced coffee girl, but I'm just having a hot coffee moment. It's too cold. Um, so my too cold, like here, I don't even know what it is in Fahrenheit. Like I know, like I know how to convert Celsius to Fahrenheit now. Um, thanks to this boy from hinge that I was talking to. (laughs) (laughs) I found ourselves a mathematician. I like to move my location around a bit. Um, but apparently if you multiply by 30 and then add 20, that's how you convert it. But it's negative like five feels like negative 10 in Celsius. So that's like really low Fahrenheit. So like probably like 20s or 30s maybe let's see if i can convert oh there we go celsius okay yeah so like right here it's like 30 which would be like six degrees celsius yeah so, so a yeah. lot colder okay. than that <laughs> okay yeah um, it's, co- it's cold in canada <laughs> it, she's cold and she's snowy except it's a really blue sky today which is nice but anyways back to the coffee so i like to do the honey almond flat white Um, I know like some Starbucks are discontinuing it. So you can also just order a flat white, like a blonde flat white with almond milk and add a honey packet. Um, But I get all like my sweetened drinks, a quarter sweet. So with only one pump of whatever syrup they're using, I just find it's like the perfect amount of flavor and sweetness. And then for a cold drink, I like to do... I like order it away on the app to get it for super cheap, but I'll just like say what it would actually be. So it's just a blonde iced um, Americano with either I'll do almond or in this instance, I'll have oat milk and then a pump of toffee nut syrup. And it's really good. Does your Starbucks do oat milk? Yes. What? (laughs) We literally, I've been saying to my sister for the longest time, I'm like, Starbucks really needs to get with it. You know, they're not doing oat milk. It's 2020. Like what's wrong with them? Like everybody's drinking oat milk and they just haven't brought it down here. I don't know. Lucky okay, you though. That sounds really good. I know like in the States they had it at, they were testing it at some locations because my friend Rachel, who went to Michigan state, she's American. Um, like she had oat milk at her Starbucks and I'm pretty sure they have it at the one in LA, um, or California. Mm-hmm. But then they dropped oat milk here like early fall and we've had it, but it's not like, you know how like the almond milk, I don't know how, I'm assuming it's the same in the States, but like the almond milk and like the coconut milk are like Starbucks brand, like yes. it's like in their own thing. Um, our oat milk isn't Starbucks brand. It's like a Canadian brand and okay. it's like a barista blend. 
Interesting. So, okay. I don't know, but we do have oat milk. It's probably better there anyway. But yeah, I like kind of stopped going to Starbucks because I was like, I don't really like their almond milk. Kind of just tastes funny to me. But yeah, I'm waiting for the day, counting down the days. Okay, so let's say that you just went and picked up your coffee. Do you journal at in the morning, like with your coffee, or do you journal at night, or do you both? Like, what's your journaling routine? Oh, I also totally skip this in my morning routine, but I do journal in the morning. Um, sometimes at night I'll do a mind dump or if say for some reason I had a really rushed morning before a shift um, at work, I'll journal at night. But typically in the morning, I either if I'm motivated enough, will pre-write all my prompts into my journal on like Sunday night. If not, I'll just pull them up from my Instagram because I post um, a week's worth of prompts every Monday on my Instagram. Um, and I'll write those in and usually it's daily intentions, a positive affirmation. And then my prompts usually reflect something that I've been working on in therapy with my therapist, because I do cognitive behavioral therapy. I do have homework that I have to do because you're changing your mindset and kind of changing the way that you think and process situations that happen to you. That's essentially what cognitive behavioral therapy is. Um, but they're usually around like self-esteem, um, self-improvement, self-growth, um, reflection. Um, I'll ask myself questions like, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? How would I feel if I make these changes? How do I picture my life will look? Um, and then I always finish my journaling sessions off with a little manifestation. So I do goal setting. I'm fortunate enough that Lululemon offers goal setting and manifestation workshops to its employees, which is really cool. So I learned how to set goals through there, but I do short-term and long-term goals. Um, for someone who's never really done manifestation or goal setting, this is kind of how I like write out my goals. So you want to write it out as if you already have it. So for example, I am graduated from Ryerson University and then you want to add like the timeline. So for me, my goal is to be graduated by June, 2022. So I would write in my journal, I am graduated from Ryerson University in June, 2022. Or you could write, I have X in X date or like I want to move out. So I'm living in my own condo and downtown. I don't know if I want to live in Toronto or LA or Vancouver. So I have all of them um, by the end of 2022, early 2023. So you want to act as if you already have it, but that's essentially my journal routine. Um, on the weekends, I try not to journal just to switch up my routine a bit. And I'll do mind dumps occasionally, which I literally just write mind dump and then write whatever the heck is on my mind and write that all out and that helps especially if I'm very anxious so anyone who doesn't follow Elena on Instagram she has these amazing prompts that she posts you touched on it a little bit how do you write out your prompts are they prompts that you've used how did you kind of start off with these prompts and then what made you want to publish them so I actually used to use other people's prompts because um, I didn't have the confidence in myself to write or guide my own journaling practice. So I've been using a lot of different prompts. I used this girl, Kathy, Catherine. Um, her Instagram is at Lifestyle with Kath. And then my friend, Sophia, Sophia Animato was posting prompts. So, or I would like search on Pinterest. So I kind of got like a general idea of like how prompts are structured, um, what types of things I liked journaling about and reflecting on. And so that's kind of where I got like 
I guess, like my studying and what prompts are. But now I kind of base them off of like things I talk about in therapy. And a lot of the times my therapist will give me resources or readings to help me with things we're discussing. So she's given me ones on like how to boost your self-esteem, self-confidence, different exercises that like she's given me. And I'll base them off of that. I feel like once you kind of see a bunch of prompts, you're able to generate them on your own and able to prompt those questions of things you want to kind of dive deep into. For example, I wanted to do some reflection on the year. So I thought about like highs and lows um, and then kind of geared questions around that. And then I wanted to set intentions for 2021. So like, what do I want out of 2021? How do I want 2021 to look? How do I want it to feel? Um, A lot of like manifestation practices kind of guide the way that I write my prompts. I'm a true believer that journaling is mental hygiene. I mean, just like you brush your teeth in the morning, you know, you write in your journal. If you guys have never picked up a journal in your life, go grab a piece of printer paper and check out Alana's Instagram because she just throws all these amazing prompts at you. I use them. I've used them in my morning routine. Sometimes I, you know, throw in my own little ones, but um, truly it's been such a great way. Cause I've done like morning pages or tried, you know, just writing like, you know, like setting a timer and just kind of mind dumping. And that doesn't always work. Cause you don't always know what to say. So journal prompts mm-hmm. are definitely the way to go. In my opinion, spinning a little bit, you talked, you touched on briefly, about Lululemon. So you're a Lululemon educator. What exactly does that mean for people who aren't familiar with Lululemon? Educator is essentially the title that they give to their sales associates. However, um, at Lulu, we're taught that the emphasis and like what our purpose is, isn't to necessarily sell. Like, yes, at the end of the day, Lululemon is a business and they want us to sell their clothes, their items. But our goal as an employee in store is to educate any guests, we call our customers guests, on the product and the technical education behind why the product was made with this certain material and how it fits a certain way and the cut of the fabric and all that. So I'm the person that you see on the floor at the store. If you have a question about a product or need help finding a product, that's me. If you need someone to run to the back, that's me. Um, It's essentially a sales associate. What's your favorite part about working for Lulu? I would definitely say um, the corporate culture. I would have to say Lululemon is by far one of the best companies I have ever worked for. Being there, as much as sometimes the floor can be crazy and guests cannot always be the nicest or I'm running around like a mad woman grabbing product for people in the store or doing other things, it's honestly like therapy. And whenever we've gone into lockdown now this year, like it's been twice, I've like been upset that I haven't been able to work as much because it literally calms me. I love how supportive my team is. I feel that they're really good, positive people to be around and have helped shape me into who I've become this year. And this past year, I've only been working there for a year and two or three months now. I just love the corporate culture. I love my staff, like my managers. I love my team and I can see myself working for Lululemon in the long run. Like I would love to work for their headquarters. My sister and I always say that Lululemon's customer service is unmatched. Like you guys just go above and beyond. There's not, I mean, I, I own a lot of Lulu and 
there was one time I had like a little hole in the seam and I took it back and the girl was like, oh, we could totally switch this out for you. Like special ordered the leggings for me. Like it was just such an amazing experience. So I'm so glad to hear that it's also amazing for you working for the company. That's, you know, it's so, so cool to see that. What was the first piece of Lulu that you ever owned? I think it's interesting to hear what people's first Lulu was. I think... If I'm remembering, so I grew up dancing competitively. So I've been wearing Lululemon since I was eight as like kind of a spoiled brat in that sense. (laughs) But I would have to say it was, I think they were called like boogie shorts. They don't exist anymore. I mean, they're in my closet, but they don't exist in the store. They were these little like mid-rise, low-rise when those were a thing, booty shorts um, made with like the OG Lululemon material. It's called Luan. But yeah, I think it was that those shorts. And then I think maybe I got a pair of leggings after that or a sports bra. It was probably the flow Y bra. Um, but I definitely think the shorts were my first Lulu item. Okay. Mine were like these little cropped, kind of like, yeah, like low rise, like when those were cool leggings. And for someone who has not yet owned a piece of Lululemon. I get a lot of questions like, what's your favorite piece? You know, or a lot of people say, oh, it's a ton of money for just a pair of leggings. I can never justify that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Then you've never even like felt them. You never put them on They're They're going to last you 10 years because it's such a quality product. Like you're paying for the quality. If someone's never done that before, they don't know where to start. What would you recommend to be a good first piece? I would say the Wonder Train leggings. They are new. They came out in February. Um, I'm going to go full educator on you. Please do. Please do. (laughs) They're made with Everlux. So Everlux fabric is a cross between Nulu, which is that buttery soft fabric that aligns come in. Those are like the tights that everyone doesn't shut up about. And Luxstream, which is what the Wonder Unders, which is like the OG um, classic Lululemon tight is made out of. So what's so beautiful about Everlux is that you get like that naked sensation, um, that super soft buttery feeling on your legs, but you have a bit more compression on your stomach. Um, aligns don't have any compression. So what's nice is that the wonder trains add a bit of compression, but it's not too tight. They're great for every day. They're great for your high intensity workouts, your spin workouts, um, there are fastest drying fabric and tight, so you can do your spin class, be super sweaty and walk not even five minutes to Starbucks afterwards and they'll be completely dry. I definitely think those are my favorite tights. They're not going to pill. They're not going to fall down. Um, they're the perfect like in between between like a shiny and matte fabric and I just love them. So definitely the wonder trains and I wear 20, 25 inch length. They don't come in like the technical, like 28 inch, which is like full length. But if you're around like five of five, five, six, they're shorter. They will be full length on you. I would totally agree. Cause I just got my first pair of trains probably like three months ago. And they're the only ones that I wear. I have like this gray and white pattern. And then I also have the black ones and I literally alternate them like every other day. Cause they're the best, the best leggings. Yeah love them. I always like to end my show with a little quote or like one final thought. Do you have like a last little like nugget of inspiration that you want to leave the listeners with? A quote I live by is those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. I have no idea who said this. I have it on a ring. Dr. Seuss. That's one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a walking, I'm like a walking Pinterest board. (laughs) But yeah, that is definitely like my quote. I got it on this ring from Israel in grade 12 and it's just stuck with me since. And it truly like 
has been like my guide for life, especially like when it comes to posting on social media. it's so easy to be like consumed by what other people think but just remember that like the people that like genuinely like care about you and want to be involved in your life aren't going to mind like whatever like you post whether you think it's out there or like things you do obviously like morals and mind and everything but the people that are going to stick are the ones that don't mind and the ones that do mind like really don't matter and you don't want them in your life they're not going to like bring joy to you and you should do what makes you happy and the people that want to see you happy are going to stay. So where can the listeners find you online? I have a million one different handles. I don't know why I did this to myself. I'll but... link them all. So don't worry, they're in the <laughs> description. But t- tell us anyway, in case somebody's driving or they can't look at their Yes. Phone. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Lanny B Fit. That's L-A-N-I, the letter B, Fit, F-I-T. Or on TikTok, Alana Ray, A-L-L-A-N-A-R-A-E. Or on YouTube at Alana Bloomberg. Bloomberg is spelled B-L-U-M-B-E-R-G. And my podcast, which I always forget to plug, is Morning Ray. Ray spelled as in R-A-E. And it's on everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Thank you, Lanny, so much for being on my podcast. You guys definitely need to go check out her podcast, like she just mentioned, called Morning Ray. And we talk a lot there about similar stuff, but it's kind of different. It's a lot of fun. I had so much fun recording with you today. Thank you so much for initiating this. I had the best time signing off. We will talk to you guys or I'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye guys.